If you have the, your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to look at the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 3. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We thank God tonight. And we believe God's going to speak to our hearts. Amen. Ezra, the third chapter, begin, beginning at the tenth verse. Amen. It's a familiar story. Amen. And I would like to apply it to the day and age that we're living in today. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. I'll be reading all the way down to verse 13. The word of God says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. They, uh, and they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because of the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Amen. The noise was heard afar off. Praise God. Also. You don't have to turn there. Very short, but very familiar portion of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28 simply says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. And I would like to use that as, as a subject tonight. Remove not the ancient landmark. Amen. Let's go before the Lord tonight. Jesus, Lord, we come before your presence tonight. We're very careful, God, to walk in your presence, Jesus. We're so privileged that we find ourselves here in your house of worship tonight. Lord, we ask for your anointing tonight upon your people, upon your word tonight, upon your servant, God, that's going to bring forth your word to your people. Jesus, we ask tonight, God, that you speak to every heart, every individual that's here tonight, that we might receive from you, God, a special word, that we might leave here tonight, Jesus, a different person. As you speak to our hearts and our souls, we ask you this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen, amen. Remove not the ancient landmark is our title tonight. Amen. For some decades now, social analysts or uh, those men that study the science of society and social relationships, they have uh, focused their attention, their studies upon different segments of the population, using instincts and information that's been uh, made available to them. Uh, these sociologists have pieced together some rather interesting facts about the growth, the lifestyles and values and aspirations of various large numbers of groups that uh, comprise or make up America. But during the past 30 years, uh, in particular, there has been a special emphasis upon the study of generation, uh, generational differences. And one does not need to be a sociologist or a specialist to realize that uh, and to see that there's been a drastic change in society or, or in America. It's very evident uh, to see as each uh, era or each decade passes, you, 
you can very uh, simply see that that there is a change that has come with every decade uh, that has uh, come upon society. If you would look back with me for a moment to the turn of the century, uh, the 1900s, uh, society as we know it was very basic. Amen. The principles that were followed were those that were waymarked by our forefathers. We look back even further to the 1700s to the time which our nation was founded and and uh, when our nation began its mark on this world, and we'd be able to see that our nation was founded on the principles of God's word. Uh, Declaration of Independence, our Constitution. Uh, we see all that, and, and we that have gone to school, amen, we noticed and, and we've seen that our Constitution was based on, on the word of God, and, and these principles were preached, and they were taught uh, in our homes, and, and there was a fear of the things of God. And each generation that passes from that time on seems to hold in high regard what their forefathers have, have handed down to them from generation. Each generation has kind of carried these values that, that have been given to them and they have, have applied them to their everyday living. And it seems as if they treasured and valued and, and held dear to their heart uh, what has been handed down to them from their previous generation. But as we near the middle of this past century, we begin to see a drastic change that begins to take place. In the 1950s, rock and roll makes its way onto the scene and the rock and roll era becomes an eye-opener to many young people in America and around the world. This era of rock and roll allowed young people to act different. It allowed them to dress a little bit different and needless to say that the 50s the 1950s ushered in the beginning of a drastic change upon society. You see, society had morals, they had values and respect. But with the era of rock and roll, it began to change and there began a period of rebellion that, that was very much seen. And finally, America realized that a new generation was upon them. And then we would look to the 1960s. It wouldn't get any better. It was then that many of these uh, specialists, these uh, sociologists realized, and they begin to study the behavior of society, and it seemed that they would all come to the same conclusion, and that conclusion was that uh, the generation that lived in the 1960s was very different than its uh, previous generation. They realized that there was a generational gap. You see, the 1960s brought free love. Amen. Young people of America were not afraid to express themselves. They said and did what they wanted to do. They expressed themselves openly through sexuality. They expressed them, uh, express themselves openly through their freedom of speech. Their motto was make love, not war. Amen. It was during the 60s that protests were held. Uh, it was almost a daily occurrence that American young people begin to hold demonstrations and and practice their freedom of speech. Anything that moved, they picketed against. Amen. They were expressing their freedom of speech. It was during this time that the United States found themselves involved in Vietnam. It was this generation in the 60s that protested this war. Many of our young men, our young people, who were supposed to go and enlist in the service, instead of list, enlisting in the army, and uh, they decided not to register. They became draft dodgers. They began to protest against our involvement in Vietnam. 
They didn't see things the same way that the previous generation saw them. There was definite, definitely a generational gap. The 70s, 80s, and even the 90s were no better. Society had worsened by the decade and by the generation. But I have always been one to believe that as each generation passes, each generation loses a little something from its previous generation. And because of that, I believe that the next generation becomes worse off. If you don't agree with me, just look back a generation or two. Society is not getting better. Morals and values are getting worse as the days go by. Amen. But I've got news for you tonight, my friend that's here. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Amen. Without realizing it, generations before us have set the pace for our generation today. Today, society is what it is because of the trends that were set in previous generations before our generation today. Amen. This generation today is suffering the consequences from prior generations who, if you excuse the, uh, uh, the expression, who have dropped the ball before us. Amen. The Word of God tells us, if you train up a child in the way that he should go, when he grows up, he shall not depart from it. Amen. You see, our generation before us has not taken the responsibility of training up their children in the ways of the Lord. Amen. Um, instead, they have rather uh, turned away from what the previous generations have handed down to them. Amen. Um, but if they would only go to God's word and realize um, that however you raise your children, however you bring up these young people, um, they are going to uh, retain what you bring them up uh, and they're going to live that way. That's why the Bible says um, that you should train up your children in the ways of the Lord. Uh, that way when he grows up, uh, he will have those things embedded in his life. When Israel found themselves in the wilderness, God gave to Moses his law. The Bible tells us that Moses wrote this law and he delivered it to the priests of the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. We know that God gave Moses these Ten Commandments. The Bible says that Moses got these Ten Commandments and he wrote them down in the tablets and he brought them down to the priests of the Levites. And he gathered the, the priesthood together and he said, I'm going to command you this day after every seven years during the Feast of Tabernacles when all Israel has come together. I want you to gather the elders of the congregation. I want you to gather the young people, the husbands, the wives, the children, and even the young ones that suck breast. Amen. In other words, even the little infant children, although they might not understand it, I want you to gather every one of them, every person within the house of Israel. And if you have visitors, if you have somebody that has come into your house, I want you to gather them into this congregation. Uh, and I want you to read these laws to them um, that they might know, amen, um, that they learn to fear God and to know his judgments. Praise the name of the Lord. As long as Moses lived, amen. And was Israel's overseer. He practiced this religiously. 
Every seven years during this Feast of Tabernacles, uh, Moses, amen, he would assemble everyone together and he would read out God's laws um, throughout the congregation, amen. There was not one soul that escaped the hearing of the word of God. It was read aloud um, and it was embedded in their hearts and in their minds, praise God. Um, but the time came when Moses died, praise the Lord. Um, and the Bible says that God called Joshua and he said unto Joshua, Joshua. He said, "My Moses, my servant is dead, um, and I want you to continue the work that Moses started. Uh, I'm going to continue it with you, Joshua. Joshua continued what God had begun with Moses. Um, and every seven years, praise God, uh, Joshua would assemble, amen, these people. Um, at the Feast of Tabernacles um, and he would bring out the laws of God um, and he would read it throughout the whole congregation of Israel um, and the word of the Lord tells us um, that the people serve the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days that the elders lived during Joshua's day. Amen. Um, let me tell you what happened here. Uh, Joshua did something that was right. Praise God. Um, he brought to remembrance to these people um, the laws of God, the word of God. Amen. Um, and these young children, amen, uh, they were embedded in their hearts and their minds God's word. Um, and the time would come though, amen. And, uh, that Joshua would die, amen. Uh, and the Bible tells us um, that he would be buried in the border of his inheritance um, in the Mount of Ephraim, amen. Um, and the Bible says that all Joshua's generation um, were gathered unto their fathers, amen. Um, in other words, Joshua's work was not in vain. Um, Joshua's generation uh, would serve the God of Joshua. They knew his laws, amen. Uh, they knew God's word, praise God. God. Uh, but the word of the Lord goes on to tell us um, that there arose another generation um, after the generation of Joshua, which knew not the Lord their God. Amen. Um, they knew not the works which he had done for Israel. But we read God's word and we see, amen, uh, and we ask ourselves a question. Um, what happened, amen? Uh, how could a generation, amen, that feared God uh, lose out from one generation to the next, amen? Um, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, somebody somewhere failed, amen. Um, and because somebody failed, uh, there arose a generation uh, that knew not the Lord, amen. Um, something took place from Joshua's generation generation uh, to the next generation um, and there became a gap uh, between the two generations we have just moved in to a new millennium and with this new millennium comes a new generation a new generation but look at this generation of today if there has ever been a generational gap it's today the time that we're living in today parents cannot communicate with their children. Children have no regard for parents, no regard for authority today. And so we see that society is turned upside down. Um, today there's no regard for authority. 
There's no regard for the things that are righteous and pure. Uh, no regard for the things of God. Amen. And today, um, needless to say, today our generation uh, is suffering, praise God, um, suffering the effects of a previous generation uh, who had no regard, uh, amen, for tomorrow. Um, no regard for the future, amen, um, because somebody yesterday failed to do their job um, and somebody failed yesterday. Uh, today society is suffering, amen. Um, I believe that we are living in that generation um, like the generation that Joshua spoke about, uh, a generation that knows not the Lord, amen. Um, never before in the history of this world um, has uh, history ever recorded uh, such an evilness. Um, I don't believe there's ever been a time like the time we're living in today, uh, church of God, amen, um, that things are as bad off as they are today, amen. Um, but this just lets me know uh, that we're living in the final hour of the church, amen. Um, the word of the Lord tells us, uh, know this also, um, that in the last days perilous times uh, shall come, amen. Um, for men shall be lovers of themselves, uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, um, disobedient to parents, um, unthankful, unholy, uh, without natural affection, um, truth breakers, false accusers, um, incontinent, uh, fierce, despisers of those that are good, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded, uh, lovers of pleasures, um, more than lovers of God, um, having the form of godliness, uh, but denying the power thereof. Um, if our generation uh, has ever been described, um, it is here in the scripture that we've just read to you. Uh, we are definitely living um, in the last day. Amen. Um, but I believe with all my heart um, that the reason this world is in the condition that's in today um, is because yesterday uh, somebody failed to do that which was right uh, in the eyes of God. Amen. Um, the reason there's no respect um, between father and son, uh, between mother and daughter. Amen. Um, it's because uh, there's a generational gap uh, between the generations. Amen. Um, I'm no psychiatrist tonight, uh, but I can tell you where the problem lies uh, in this time that we're living in. Um, the problem with this world today uh, is that nobody's listening. Uh, everybody's too busy pointing the finger, uh, thinking that they're right. Um, and it caused a gap uh, between the generation of yesterday uh, and the generation of today. There's been a loss of communication. The enemy has come in. He's caused confusion. This world is in disarray. The word of God tells me that in the last days these things would happen. Amen. Um, but God says, uh, see that ye not be troubled, um, for all these things must come to pass, um, but the end is not yet. Um, for nations shall rise against nation, um, and kingdom against kingdom. Amen. Uh, we're living in the last day, church. Uh, today nations are fighting against themselves. Um, there's civil unrest in this world today, uh, and kingdoms are divided. Um, 
brothers are fighting against brothers. Amen. Um, the white man is killing the white man. Uh, the black man is killing the black man. Uh, and the brown man is trying to destroy the brown man. Uh, he's fighting amongst himself. Um, there's division. Uh, there's confusion in this world today. Amen. Um, but I'll tell you something. Uh, I don't expect this world to get any better. Uh, it's just going to get worse. Amen. Uh, somebody might say, why do you feel this way, Pastor? Um, I'll tell you, uh, they're looking for the answer in the wrong place. Um, they're too busy pointing the finger everywhere else. Amen. Uh, they're too busy blaming society, uh, blaming mom and dad. Amen. Uh, there's a generational gap today. But my concern today is not with society in general. Uh, my concern today is a church uh, which is God's body, the body of Christ. Amen. Um, let me tell you something today, my brother. Uh, today we the church, um, we're not exempt from what goes on outside the doors of this church. Uh, I see today that the enemies tried to come in um, and cause division uh, and cause confusion um, in this very generation that we are living in today day. Amen. Um, the enemy's on the attack. Uh, he's trying to do everything within his power. Amen. Uh, to bring unrest um, and division to the body of Christ. Um, but I'm believing today, God, amen, um, for a great outpouring in this last day. Um, I believe according to God's word uh, that says uh, that the latter rain is going to be greater um, than the former rain. Amen. Um, this church as we know it, uh, it's been through some great and tremendous times. Uh, there's been throughout the history of this church uh, a great move of God. Uh, there's been great revival, amen, um, throughout this church. Uh, God's church has been a lighthouse uh, to so many who've lost their way, uh, who had no direction. Uh, but this church has been a waymark. Uh, it has set the pace for others to follow. Uh, yet I believe today with all my heart uh, that this church hasn't even begun to scratch the surface. Uh, I honestly believe uh, that the best is yet to come uh, and we've got to be prepared church uh, oh let me tell you uh, I believe the enemy's going to come in uh, and try to cause confusion uh, and try to disarray the church of God uh, but we've got to be ready amen um, I believe we've got to be ready uh, for this great outpouring uh, in this last day and last hour that we're living in today but it won't stop the enemy. He'll try within everything within his power to come up against the church of God. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, praise God, uh, but I want to see revival break out in our churches today. Uh, oh, let me tell you, uh, if revival is going to break out, amen, uh, it's going to be because of unity uh, in the body of Christ. Uh, we've got to walk carefully tonight uh, in God's spirit. Uh, the word of God tells us in the book of Ephesians, um, see then that ye walk Circumspectly, carefully, um, not as fools, but as wise, um, redeeming the time uh, because the days are evil. Amen. Uh, I come to tell God's church today, uh, walk carefully, uh, walk circumspectly. Amen. Um, not everything out there is good, uh, but be wise. Uh, we're living in the last days um, and these days are evil. Amen. Um, I see God's church today. Uh, we're in a new era. We're in a new millennium uh, and there's some 
great things out there, praise God. Uh, it seems that there's been a change uh, from the old to the new. Amen. Uh, this is a new day we're living in. Uh, and I believe that God's going to bring a great revival, amen, uh, to this day uh, like we've never seen before. But there's a new generation upon us. There's a change from the old to the new. Praise God. What has been fought for, what's been preached, amen, throughout the ages is now being handed down to a new generation. We we're talking about it just the other day. It seems like new leadership is coming into power, amen, uh, in our churches today. Um, there are new ideals in God's church, uh, and that's fine, amen. We need new ideals, praise God. Um, today, I mentioned it the other day, uh, the church is looking for new methods. Um, they're looking for new ways to grow into this new millennium. Um, but as a church moves into these new areas, um, the church must never forget the standards uh, that were set by our priests. Previous fathers, amen. Uh, some generations earlier, praise God. Uh, I thank God for our forefathers, amen, um, who stood up and fought for the things of God, amen, um, that through the time that has passed uh, has handed down to this generation uh, today what we have um, in this place today, praise God. But it is so unfortunate. To see that in the last few years we have lost some men who have given their lives to this church. We have lost men who have set the standard for this church uh, that we have today. Amen. Uh, the Lord showed me, amen, um, that there's a new generation upon the face of this earth. Uh, and as I said before, uh, I believe that e as each generation passes, uh, the generation that arises loses something uh, from the previous generation. Amen. Uh, I believe with all my heart, amen, um, that our generation today... Uh, is poor today uh, because recently we have lost some great men of God uh, that have gone to be with the Lord. Um, our young people today um, will never be able to look to a man like that by the name of Brother Antonio Nava who was there at the beginning of this apostolic church uh, that walked from city to city uh, preaching repentance uh, and baptism in the name of Jesus. Uh, oh, this world, this young generation today uh, will not know by the man by the name of Brother Cantu uh, who stood up and fought for the doctrine of holiness uh, and the doctrine of the oneness amen uh, which we have today uh, recently these men have died and gone on to be with God uh, but let me tell you uh, I've had an experience amen uh, where I was able to go in and talk to these men uh, I sat there where Brother Navo anointed us with oil uh, and he prayed over us in our ministry uh, and when I walked into that room where he was, uh, I felt the presence of God. Uh, I thought to myself, uh, I wish everyone could have uh, this experience that I had today. Uh, but as this generation comes up, uh, they will never know a brother Nava. They will never know a brother Cantu. Uh, all we'll have uh, is a memory of our previous generation. Men who have set the standard. Well, this church have gone on to be with the Lord. Some apostolics today, you would never have the awesome privilege 
of knowing this man, amen, who was there from the beginning of our church. And others who have helped set the standard. Uh, our forefathers who have fought for this doctrine uh, that we have today. Amen. Um, these modern day apostles. Um, they went from city to city. Uh, they didn't even have cars. Uh, they didn't have a hotel to stay in. Uh, all the people of God would open their doors. Uh, and they would house them there. Amen. Uh, this church didn't have a lot of money. Uh, this church didn't have a lot. Uh, but it had men who had a zeal for God. God, uh, who God, amen, they were modern day apostles uh, that went out and preached the gospel. Uh, that's why you and I are here tonight. Uh, if it wasn't for these men, uh, these ancient men, uh, we wouldn't have what we have today. Uh, but I thank God tonight uh, that I've had these men. Uh, I've got to know them. Uh, I know their story uh, and because of that uh, I hold the standards today uh, that have been passed to me uh, from the generation previous. Praise God. Today there's a new generation. A new generation who are trying to better themselves for this modern day. There's a new generation of young preachers who enroll themselves in colleges, getting themselves degrees that they might stand behind a pulpit and preach the word of God. Amen. There are young preachers today that stand, stand behind our pulpits, amen, uh, who enroll, enroll themselves um, in seminaries, praise God, uh, that aren't even oneness, uh, and they stand behind our pulpits uh, preaching Trinitarian doctrines and methods uh, to a generation of apostolics, amen. Um, there's a generational gap today uh, that has caused many to say, amen, um, that we need to increase. Uh, we've got to get with the times. Um, we need revival in this day and hour. Uh, and because of that, uh, they're dropping the things, uh, the landmarks uh, that our fathers have fought for so hard. Amen. Um, much blood has been shed. Amen. Uh, but I come to tell the church uh, it's not time to drop uh, the ancient landmark. Uh, it's not time to remove the ancient landmark uh, that our fathers have set. Uh, but it's time to go back uh, and go back to the truth uh, that have given us this thing that we have today. I thank God today. Praise God. I pray every day to God. I say, Lord, um, never allow me, Lord, uh, to lose my conviction, God. Um, never allow me, God, to drop my standard, God. Uh, for revival can come to the church. Amen. Um, oh, let me remember these men of old uh, that cared enough to stand in the gap uh, and stand above the rest. Amen. Uh, these men that were willing to give their lives uh, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, I'm richer today because I knew these men. I saw them walk and talk. I heard them preach behind the pulpit. But they're not here any longer. Amen. But what has been passed to them has been given to me. And I'm given to my children. Amen. I preach like I preach. Amen. Because there's going to come a time and a day where I'm not going to be here any longer. And my children are going to have to remember what I have 
have given to them. I come to tell somebody the enemy has come in and he's trying to bring a gap into the church from the previous generation. But I'm going to fight him. Amen. I'm going to pass it down to my children, to my congregation, and I'm going to bring back the things of old. Praise God. These Hebrew children, as long as they didn't cause any trouble, the Bible tells us that they were allowed to settle in Babylonia. And they were not only uh, allowed to stay there, they weren't mistreated. In fact, as long as they didn't cause any trouble, they were allowed, amen, to live. And many of these people prospered while living in Babylonia. So the opportunity came for them to go back to Jerusalem. Brings us to our scripture reading tonight. The Bible says that many of them returned to their homeland. And many, many of them chose not to. They were satisfied where they were at. They figured, well, we're doing all right where we're at. We're not being mistreated. They said, well, our temple's been destroyed. We have no place of worship. I'm all right where I'm at. But Ezra records that those that did return to, uh, to Jerusalem immediately begin to make preparations for the building of the new temple. As soon as the season would permit, the building of the foundation was begin. It took them six months, a little more than six months, to prepare the materials and to prepare the ground for the building of this temple unto the Lord. Our scripture tonight lets us to know that as the foundation was laid, that the priests with their trumpets appointed by Moses and the Levites with their symbols anointed by David, they made up a concert of praise unto the Lord. In other words, there was a great celebration at the building of this foundation. The word of God tells us that many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men, that they had seen the previous temple. And when they saw the foundation of this new temple that was being erected, they began to weep with a loud voice while the others began to shout. During the celebration, the word of God lets us know that there were mixed emotions. On one hand, there was an excitement because the temple was being built, it was being erected, that they might worship God. But on the other hand, there were those that saw Solomon's temple. And when they saw the foundation of this new temple, they began to weep. No doubt in my mind, they remembered how it used to be. I believe many of them begin to go back in time to the way they used to worship in Solomon's temple. But now there's just a new generation on the scene. A new generation of young priests and Levites. They're excited, amen. Um, they work night and day trying to prepare uh, this building for the presence of God, amen. Um, they couldn't hold in their excitement. Um, they begin, amen, to, to rejoice um, as they gather themselves together in this place. Um, they begin to get their instruments together uh, that they might have a great celebration. But then there were the older priests and the Levites who stood and wept openly. And the Bible says, the people could not discern the noise of the shout from the joy of the weeping of the people. There was mixed emotion. There was confusion that happened on that day. I come to tell the church today that I believe God is going to use this church for a great outpouring 
in this day and hour. Amen. Uh, I believe, like I said before, that the latter rain is going to be greater um, than the former rain. Praise God. Um, but I also believe that the enemy is going to come in. Amen. Uh, and he's going to try to do everything possible uh, to stop this great move in this last hour. Praise God. Um, and if there's ever been a time um, where we need to come together as a people of God, uh, it's today. Praise God. Um, what I see in this church today um, is stopping God's church from revival. Um, is that there's no unity between the old and the new. Um, there's a generational gap um, in the church today. Amen. Um, I believe, like I said it before, uh, I believe we got to move on with the times. Praise God. Um, as our generation changes, uh, so do our needs. Uh, but I come to tell somebody uh, while we move into this new era, while this new generation comes into power, uh, don't remove the ancient landmark uh, that your fathers have set before you. Uh, it's not time to drop the standard. Uh, it's not time, amen, um, to forget the things that have brought this church to where it's at today, amen. Uh, we must not allow this old generation um, and this new generation uh, not to see eye to eye, amen. Um, we need unity in God's body today. The Word of God tells us, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If revival is going to come to this era and this generation, uh, it's going to be because of unity. Amen. Uh, revival, the Spirit of God can only come um, when there is unity in the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, if you look to God's Word, amen. Uh, look what happens uh, when there is unity. Uh, and when the day of Pentecost had come, uh, they were all in one accord, uh, in one place. Uh, they were in unity. Amen. Uh, they were in one mindset. Uh, in one accord. Uh, but look what happens. Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Um, as of a rushing mighty wind. Uh, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Uh, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Uh, and it sat upon them. Amen. Uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, and began to speak in other tongues. Uh, while the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. All because uh, there was a unity uh, in the body of Christ. Uh, I come to tell you uh, I'm looking for great revival uh, but if revival is going to come uh, we've got to unite one with another uh, we can't forget about yesterday uh, we can't throw aside uh, what has been taught to us uh, but we've got to bring it together uh, with this new generation uh, and unite it uh, so God can bring great revival uh, to this day and hour of this church we preached about it last Friday, amen, uh, about the revival in the boneyard, amen. Uh, Ezekiel prophesied to these dead, dry bones, uh, and when he began to prophesy, uh, these bones came together, uh, they united, uh, and they stood up as a great army, amen, uh, unto the Lord. Uh, revival will come uh, when the body of, of God, amen, unites itself as one. Uh, as long as there's division, uh, as long as there's conflict, uh, devil looks back and laughs. Amen. Um, but if you can only realize today uh, if we can get the old uh, and the new together uh, and unite it together uh, behold how good and pleasant uh, it is for brethren to dwell together um, in unity. 
Brother Ramirez, I like the analogy he used last week, amen, uh, about the two seraphims uh, that were before the throne of God uh, and they were looking at one another uh, and they were crying out together simultaneously, holy, holy uh, is the Lord, amen. Uh, they got together in unity uh, and they begin to cry out holy uh, unto the Lord uh, and the Bible says, amen, uh, that when they begin to cry holy, 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 uh, that the house was filled with smoke and the presence of God came down. That's what happens when God's people unite one with another. Amen. I've come to tell the church of God today we come a scattered people but if we come together as a body of Christ God is going to give this church a great outpouring of his spirit in this last day and this last hour of the church. Please. When the old and the new can come together, God will send a great revival. Oh, thank God. I thank God tonight that God has come to this place. Brother Ralph spoke about it a little bit this morning. Unity. We need unity in the body of Christ. We can't come and fight against each other. We can't come here saying, well, I remember how it used to be. That's all dead and gone. Amen. Uh, it's all right to bring the things of old. Amen. Uh, that have brought us up to this point. Uh, touch not the old ancient landmark. Uh, but I understand uh, there's a new generation coming. Uh, and you've got to understand one thing. Uh, that if revival's going to come, uh, don't throw away the old things. Uh, we're willing to work with you. Amen. Uh, we're willing to strive with you. Uh, because I want to be part of this great outpouring uh, in this latter day uh, but it's going to take a unity uh, of the body of Christ I'm looking for a great revival but it's only going to come when the old and the new can come together as one body of Christ revival comes God's spirit came when they were in the upper room in one accord and the Holy Ghost fell on 120. Somebody says, well, you've always got division. you always got somebody that just doesn't agree. No, let me tell you, on the day of Pentecost, uh, when the great outpouring came, the Bible says uh, they were all in one accord. Let me tell you, when you can get behind your pastor, and you can understand and, and realize tonight, amen, uh, that what he preaches is the word of God, amen. Uh, you might not agree with the methods, amen, uh, but let me tell you, uh, I've been careful. Uh, I have not touched the standard uh, that we've had before, amen, uh, that has been handed down from our previous generation. Uh, oh, yes, we'll bring in new methods. Uh, we'll try new things. Uh, but no, I'll never touch the doctrine. Uh, no, I'll never touch the standards uh, that have gotten us to this point today we've got a fairly young congregation as I look out to our congregation today there are some of you who were raised in the apostolic church you know the doctrine of old and you've left the doctrine you left the church but I'm coming to tell you today you might come here and say, well, it's different. It's not the, like the way I was raised, but let me tell you. The same standard we had in our previous generation. We have those standards today. Maybe your father that 
brought you to church is no longer here. Maybe he's gone. He's passed away. I know Brother Danny. We sit in the office there and we get an old CD that we got and it has beautiful songs of yesterday. Spanish music. We begin to sing. And we even commented on it yesterday. I don't understand all the words to it. But just the songs and the melodies remind me when I used to be in a church service laying under a pew uh, and they begin to sing these old songs, amen. Uh, although I might not understand it, uh, it connects me back to the days of old uh, and it reminds me where I come from, amen. Um, today I come to tell you today, uh, you might have lost somebody along the way uh, that has brought you into this church today, uh, but never forget, amen. Uh, never stop thanking God uh, for the way that he paved amen uh, so that you might have this generation uh, today uh, that we won't have a gap between uh, the day of yesterday uh, and the days of today when the old and new come together that's what you call unity that's when revival is going to come to the body of Christ. As we stand tonight, I sincerely tell you with all my heart, when the Lord gave me this message, He broke my heart. Because I see a new generation of young people coming into the church. And if there's anything I as a pastor could instill in your heart, in your life, when you see an old apostolic preacher that can barely walk, I remember Brother Cantu right before he passed away. I believe he was our second president of our organization. Right before he passed away, he walked into one of our conventions, slouched over. He couldn't even walk anymore. And I seen some that kind of chuckled. They didn't know who he was. When I saw him, I knew what that man was about. I know he was one of our forefathers, one of our first presidents of our organization. And it was because of men like him that we had what we have today. But our young generation is poor today because they don't know these men. And they don't know the stories that these men have had to endure. But if I could relay them to you, if there's anything I can do as a pastor to bring the old and the new together, that this revival might go throughout this church and set fire to this city in this year 2001. Amen. It's not because uh, of what we're doing today. Amen. Uh, it's because somebody did their job right yesterday uh, that we are here today. Uh, and we should never forget these men should come together in unity that God might give us this revival that he promised us in this latter day. If you want to be part of this revival, amen, I want you to come to this altar. I want you to come to this altar and ask God, amen, to unite, to bring unity to this body of Christ like never before. Because if revival is going to come, it's going to be because unity comes to the church of God. Unity comes to the house of God. Go ahead and sing it, Brother Dan, as the altar's open. There's got to be a unity. Take me back. There's got to be a unity. Take me back, oh, thank dear you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. To the place how good and pleasant where it is brethren to dwell together in unity. Take me oh, back. Take me back, Lord Jesus. Thank you, take Jesus. me back, dear Lord, where I first believe. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord. Bring unity to the body of Christ Where I first received you. Like never before. Take me back. Instead of falling and sons fighting against each other. Oh, they should be at the altar together. First, mothers and daughters should be embracing, coming together in unity. Take me back. Don't lose a thing that draws us and makes us one. Take me back, dear Lord. Don't forget them. Don't forget them tonight. Oh, thank God for men of all. Take me back. Thank you for my grandfather, Lord. Take me back. Thank you for my dad, God, that preached the gospel. Thank you for a praying grandmother, Lord. That feared you, Lord. Take me back. That brought us up in your ways, Jesus. Take me back, dear Lord. Thank you, God, for a father, Lord. Care not. Joy. 